0: do you think i am athletes authentic
1: i don't think i am athletes authentic really definitely not, Why not?
0: I think it's all in your head it's all in your head bro. and that's what's and that's and that's bullshit it's not uh, all in your head it is all in your head bro all right. all right so you think black people are gonna spend their money to travel to a city to try and get a job for
1: something that don't they don't think exists i think black people will get marketed something that
0: Hello and welcome to Hustle Over Everything podcast. This is the podcast where we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. I'm Alex. And I'm Uno Sinde. Let's get Today, it. Today, we have a wild card. You know, we're just chopping it up. Make sure y'all you get your content every week. You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, what, what do you think is the most authentic
1: brand right now? Most authentic brand? Mmm. Um, hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Nyorai Cellars. If you didn't know, Nyorai Cellars is the only black owned wine company in Canada. Right now I'm holding the Rosé, the 2021 Rosé bottle. This drink is amazing. I mean, it's perfect for those dishes such as seafood, where you're cooking shrimp, you're having some pasta, whatever it is you're having, grab a bottle of Nyorai Cellars, the Rosé. If you're having a date night with your significant other, you know what to grab grab the your rye. Whatever it is, grab the in your rye. I mean, you will not go wrong with this wine. It's perfect for everybody. If you've never drank wine, this is a great bottle for you. Or even if you're a wine expert, you're an aficionado and you drink everything. I mean, you cannot go in your eye. I'm telling you, this wine is really, really good. And even though I'm boosting it this hard is because I really love drinking it and I'm someone who loves to drink wine. So whatever it is, whatever the special occasion, check on your ride. They have... Sauvignon Blancs, they have Rieslings. I'm holding the Rosé right now. They have a wide variety of different collections of different wines you can choose from. Make sure to check them out. The link is going to be in the description. Check them out. Order a crate for yourself, or you can uh, send a gift to someone that you want to give um, some wine to. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. So in your rye cellars, check them out. Link will be in the description. And I'm back to the show. This is an interesting question. Shows specifically, like let's say the pivot you know they're authentic they remain true to themselves like no matter what it is you're gonna understand what uh and i'm not saying this just because of like what we just discussed before Mm -hmm. recording but when i think about it i'm like okay that's an authentic brand that's Mm -hmm. who they are Mm -hmm. um yeah i think i'd say that i think personalities are authentic
0: so do you think i am athlete's authentic
1: i don't think i am athlete's authentic really definitely not why not I mean, look at what Brandon's doing, bro. Like, you guys start talking about football, Mm -hmm. and then you start talking about you're going on a NASCAR track (laughs) when everybody came to discuss why they actually, yeah, and then you're doing this, I am athlete, I am am Miami, I'm everything. You're trying to expand too quick. Mm. So you're chasing the money when the audience really craves this one thing that you do, yeah, right? You're mixing up the whole menu. Mm. You're mixing up the whole buffet, but the star of the show is this. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're causing a lot of distractions.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I completely agree. I think I am Matthew has definitely fallen off over the last few years and it's tough, you know, cause they were rocking at one
1: point. Yeah. They were, they had like, they were the darlings of, you know, podcasts coming out in during the pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you think
0: advertisers should impact how content is created?
1: No, not at all.
0: Mm. But even like if you get, can get banned, like for, for example, should Fresh and Fit care about them getting banned off YouTube?
1: I think they should care, but there's something called like brand equity that you have built over time to get banned on YouTube, mm. right? For example... They built so much brand equity by being extremely polarizing with the things that they spoke about. Mm. It was so refreshing seeing them with a group of girls around a table and having real authentic conversations around dating and um, what particular guys feel. Because when you look at guys, there's, there's the good guys, there's the fuck boys, there's the um, prim and proper guys. There's a group of different guys that you can have on the spectrum. And what they did is they looked at the one avatar of men who say these things in secret but there's no platform to really talk about it so it comes fresh and fit right so now they're talking about it and they're not holding back boom guys are like wow i found my dudes i'm finding these guys who are talking about getting money uh like this uh whatever fresh and fit they talk about like i mean Mm -hmm. to paint what they discuss in depth I don't have enough time. But there's a group of guys who felt what they felt. Mm -hmm. So they built an audience around that. As they got bigger and bigger and bigger, they reached the critical mass of what they can do with their audience, right? Mm -hmm. They got past a million subscribers. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, okay, how do we really take this up another notch? Can we really maximize this audience of men to the stratosphere of three, four million, whatever, which is a little bit challenging because you've kind of garnered the whole lot. Everybody knows about you who feels like that. So what you find yourself doing is inauthentically doing things that don't really resonate with why you're actually having these conversations. Mm. So you go to the extreme lengths kicking girls out. I'm like, that's a little bit excessive, Mm. right? There's some guys who believe everything you're talking about, but they're like, bro, that's a little bit shady if we do that like she didn't even do anything and you're kicking her out Mm. the inauthenticity starts to show Mm. right so in that case there's a certain point once you get a critical mass that you've really gotten the audience that you wanted but you're trying to do things to elevate more to make more money and that's when inauthenticity comes out so i think a lot of brands do that they go into certain Products certain markets that don't really resonate with the people they were serving mm-hmm. and they start becoming inauthentic and that's when they lose um, fans. I can say this. Uh, I gave the Abercrombie example when we discussed it and I said that, you know, Abercrombie was right to, you know, not sell close to uh, fat people. Right. And I was like, yo, Abercrombie as a brand, it became big by being exclusive, right? It's okay to be exclusive to certain people, right? There's clothes everywhere that other people can fit, but people are trying to make Abercrombie something that it's not. So now now Abercrombie, the brand that it was built over the past 80 years, isn't what really Abercrombie is. So me as someone who worked at Abercrombie, I'm like, damn, I love these clothes because Abercrombie's clothes right now are really, really dope. They're really fresh, really clean. A little bit more pricey than what we had before, mm-hmm. but the Abercrombie DNA, the residue is always going to be what it was, which was selling sex. Uh You have these handsome dudes, beautiful girls as the marketing,
0: as, uh, and specifically white white dudes and, and girls as the marketing. There was too. also
1: there was also other uh, after after they had the backlash. No, bro. Uh, even when I was there, they were always marketing. It was still the same archetype guy,
0: but when you were there, it was after the backlash. You know, what I'm the,
1: saying I got in Abercrombie at 2013. Yeah, at the so the,
0: all the backlash happened in like two thousand in the early 2000s. Right so the ba- the, 2000s. the backlash
1: you're talking about was it in terms of employment or in terms of a brand image? In
0: terms of, I think it was both. And then they hired they hired. That's when they hired a diversity and equity guy and stuff like that. So there was like an effort to like make some switches in there. You know what I'm saying? So they blew up and got out to all the malls and across North America by having the prim- the the prim and proper white guys. And they, they were exclusionary on purpose, and they had like class action lawsuits and stuff like that, like in the dock. And then after that, they oh, yeah, maybe we should hire a few. You know what I'm saying? And then start developing like a, a process through that.
1: I think know? I think the issue is that um, when it comes to this diversity thing, and I think when we had this discussion before, mm-hmm. it was that. Not everything, everything isn't meant for everybody, right? And when I, when Abercrombie back in like 2008, 2007, when it was in prominence, I used to go to Michigan all the time, Mm -hmm. right? I'll go to the malls and everything. There were black employees, right? So let's say the ratio of, out of 10 employees at Abercrombie, I'd say maybe three were black, Mm -hmm. right? And two of them were like light-skinned and then you'd have like the dark-skinned guy, but this guy's like, like, in the
0: back or something like that? Huh? Like in the back or something?
1: Not even in the... I, I didn't go to the back or anything, yeah. but um, they were there. They're out front. They're like Ds. They're really handsome dudes and everything, mm-hmm. right? So they had a certain aesthetic, but the majority of the employees were, were white. So my thing is this, is that like, you know, this, this conversation can go in the diversity uh, and inclusion path mm-hmm. and whatever, but if brands want to do what their brand is going to be, let them be that, Mm. right? If like, doesn't mean you have to support it. So the issue that I have is that if the brand is already doing that, let them do that. You don't have to shop there. I think we've gone in this place in society where we're trying to really throw a blanket on everything for it to look the same. Mm. And that's not really fair for authenticity with a brand. If I'm a brand and I want to serve this particular audience and I'm going to exclude this audience by maybe economically upping my prices so they don't have it, I'll do that. If I want to have this certain aesthetic and market and put in these certain areas, I'm going to do that. If we go to uh, uh, LVMH, right, they own all these luxury brands, and we're trying to say that, oh, we need to diversify your board. We need to uh, add all these certain things, right? They're like, nah, that's not how we roll. Like this is our company this is how we're going to do it. If you're going to buy our stuff, cool. If not, you don't have to support it. And then you go to somewhere else and do that. Right. So my issue is just that don't like this idea that everything has to be inclusion and everything not, or making a brand uh, inclusive. It ruins what the brand is all about. You mm. know what I'm saying? So if you're going to buy that luxury, Don't say, oh yeah, can you make like a, like a cheaper watch, like a cheaper Rolex, which is under a thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks? I know Rolex is gonna Rolex, right? So that's where I come from—the inauthenticity with Abercrombie.
0: Mm. That's interesting. You said a lot, like when it comes to managing diversity in terms of being brand authentic, because like at the same time they're when it comes, like, for example, right now, Lululemon's going through it, like, because they're they're not hiring black people, or when they do hire black people, they're not giving them the same opportunity as they're giving other races, you know what I'm saying? So then, you think, all right, so what's interesting is that, like, when it comes to hiring practices, right, there's literal laws against how you hire, and being like, yo, because we are, uh, damn,
1: all right, and you're all right. actually primed now because you're out of a cast, so no excuses.
0: Exactly, exactly. So I'm definitely booked. That's 10 on me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, continuing on. So I, I think you can be authentic to a point until you're breaking a law. you know. So, for example, if I'm not hiring anybody because they're a certain race or not promoting anybody because they're a certain race, then it starts to become a legal issue where you're not um, people are in your company working and you're not treating them right because of who they are and because of their race. I think that that that's a problem, you know. Because if I'm working for your company and doing right, and you decide to start promoting somebody else just because of race alone, then that's an issue,
1: you know. Yeah, and that whole thing with Lululemon, bro. Like, um that 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 report had so many because i have a close friend who's a big ambassador Mm -hmm. for lululemon black guy zimbabwe he's one of um ta's friends right shout to taff right he's a yeah uh, ta my boy taff if you're listening he's a big fan of the show he's a lululemon ambassador right this guy's dark skin he's out there in front of everything Mm -hmm. um he's like bro he's highly championed he's Mm. highly and he's in Vancouver Mm. where that where Lululemon actually originated from right Mm. so and like he sees these things just like bro what is this business of fashion article talking about Mm. right you even look at the comments uh a lot of people who worked at at Lululemon some black women who were commenting I was like yo this I've never actually faced this before this is maybe they spoke to a minority group of people that they felt this but Mm. A majority of the comments i was actually surprised to see that they were saying nah this is actually isn't true like i a lot of my friends they work there there's brand ambassadors who are black so you know the thing about these reports when they come out they tend to really permeate conversations and everybody immediately just oh my god lululemon is is racist or they're not hiring diversity and i think this idea of when a report comes out written by anybody like we can write a report about saying oh yeah uh uh, what's a big store like let's say an establishment uh like harry rosen like harry rosen is is doesn't have diversity everybody starts getting on harry rosen about diversity and everything now harry rosen has to react and like who's talking to the media and saying these things right and it could be one person but you see how like when this thing is spoken about and then the public reacts to it. The public takes whatever is being told to them. And the thing about diversity in DEI or whatever, it's such a touchy subject that the overall reaction is to be up in arms and say, cancel Harry Rosen, never shopping there, whatever. It's like, we're overly like excited. You know, like you just getting this mass hysteria happening about not shopping or not doing business with anyone just because, an article came out saying whatever, but the public says otherwise right so it's it''s, it's a it's an easy way just to remove a brand from getting business just by posting something online and saying this brand or this company does not have enough
0: It's a definite gray area because there could be companies who deserve that article, right, and there is an expose that is showcasing a company doing malpractice Mm -hmm. which is a real thing and there could be hit pieces where somebody's leveraging the fact that you can create that article to get somebody out of here you know what i'm saying that happens all the time you know like with uh um the guy from barstool what's his name dave portnoy dave portnoy you know where he was having all these hit pieces come out against him in, in business insider you know and he was like exposing the whole you know rigmarole of how it was happening to him you know that is a real thing too so it's a great area where, where we can't just knock off and say if people are writing articles and they just swing the media and swing the people. Because there's also the other hand of it where people are actually you know, exposing realities and are getting re- real occurrences out to the people. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? What's hard is deciphering between the two. You know, for example, when everyone used to just leverage Trudeau's blackface every like seven months and then be like, remember Trudeau's blackface? We should get him out of here. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, hold on, what's going on here? How come they're always trying to send this blackface throughout the media for us to get angry? You know, Um, that's a reality that happens. So managing the brand throughout both of those, I think, is the challenge. But then that's where your equity comes into play, you know, because if. Uh, fresh and fit going back to them was to get banned off YouTube and everyone was like yo what the hell they're they're great why would this happen then it would be a a reflection on their brand whereas when they got banned and everyone's like yeah makes sense (laughs) it was a reflection on their brand you know what I'm saying so like as we create it's important to, to be cognizant of you know what they're putting out because it ends up you know being the representation of their brand you know so yeah, yeah. And,
1: and that thing with um, the whole dei thing and whatever it is a very great area but i think as well too like this whole idea about dei in itself it's a multi-billion dollar industry mm-hmm. like really think about it i can go towards a company and i can legit guilt them into actually teaching their whole organization about dei and everything mm-hmm. right so it's become such a cash cow Everybody is profiting from this idea of uh, racism, microaggressions, uh, understanding how to treat people of like color and everything like that, where an organization maybe with 30, 40 people, these people were already mingling and everything. But now they have to go to these trainings that don't even serve them because I like, let's say, this guy, Kevin, who's black. It's like, why do I have to now treat Kevin a certain way? Mm. Um, Now I got to understand how to really filter the way I speak to someone Mm. because of this training that we're getting. Now, if I ask Kevin, if I see another black guy, what do you do for work? That is now deemed as I am assuming that he might be doing something that is not quote unquote as professional because this is the image of how a specific group of color or background are seen. Right. So. It's creating a problem when sometimes the problem isn't there. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea about, do you even see it on LinkedIn, there's these uh, advocates for DEI training and everything like that where I was like, man, if you go to a company, everyone's already getting along, right? Not Everyone, necessarily. Why wouldn't they be getting along?
0: There's a ton of things that happen in companies that where people are feeling alienated, mistreated, uh, microaggressed in companies uh, all the time. That's a very regular thing. And a lot of women didn't want to go back to the workplace in terms of going from work from home back into the office because of the microaggressions they had to get and all the slight comments from guys and things of that nature. So like there's there is all like other elements that, that could play into that.
1: But but bro, it's becoming more the, the the whole aspect of this thing, it's becoming more of a diversity of bodies more than actually Actually, having because if you're an organization, you're actually trying to get people's backgrounds and experiences, aren't you, and their view of like how they arrive to that certain type of thinking, Mm -hmm. right? Isn't Mm -hmm. isn't that the fact? So, like, is it more about like diversity of bodies? I think it's a mixture of both. Why is it? Why is it a a, a diversity of bodies?
0: Because you need the Pepsi. That Pepsi uh, shenanigan can happen when you only focus on uh one form of diversity you know Mm -hmm. let's say diversity of thoughts instead of diversity of of the people that are in the room you know when you go to approach marketing campaigns you know initiatives you know having a diversity of both thought and body you know allows for um a holistic view when it comes to moving as a business and it's you know it's a capital positive you know
1: so what would be um if you were to bring a diversity of bodies, what does that add towards like the company's approach and strategy and what they're trying to do? So there could be
0: basically, you know, everyone has their own experiences. Um, and I think having diversity of bodies could add to the experiences that come with, you know, the diversity of thought.
1: So in a business sense, like what does that look like?
0: So for example, um, let's say I am PNG And I'm thinking about some of the big bets I can make, you know, because uh, I opted for having a diversity of body uh, and I have a black woman in the space. She can attest to the growing trend of women buying hair products at 45 percent more than regular and say, hey, maybe we should have that as a big bet versus if it was all white women in the space. They might not see it as much because not paying attention to the numbers in their specific um, experience, you know, so.
1: So that in that in that way, is assuming that certain groups there's like a monolith of thinking that they all fall under.
0: Not necessarily, but there there is gaps. So it's not necessarily a monolith, but there's gaps. You know, I think that to say to say that they're a monolith would mean that they all think the same. That's probably not mm. the truth, but there's probably gaps between. Um, what they're seeing and what other people are seeing you know that, that's kind of the difference you know for example um and even with the relevant social media now there's a lot of companies that will hire from who they're seeing on social media but social media is played by race it, it plays a big part in social media you know what i'm saying if you look at people who are following keith Lee, a lot of them are black mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and all the people who are following Alex Earl are white girls. Mm-hmm. So, if I have a company that has predominantly white girls, the social media feeds are going to be predominantly white girls as well. So, the people that they're going to go hire, when it comes to marketing campaigns, probably going to be white girls too. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know as much black girls or white girl or you know brown people, black people, or you know Asian people because they're not as exposed to it. So, there could be a gap there. You know. So that's but, like,
1: but then again, bro, that goes under the assumption that, like, just because that chick is white that she doesn't deal with that particular group of people. You know what I'm saying?
0: Not, it's, it's not a gap. I mean, no, it's not an assumption, it's, it's, you can, when you look at the data as a marketer, when I look at the data of who's reacting to ads, like for, for our ads, when you look at, like when I look at the ads I wrote for, for clients, if I have a Spanish guy, a Spanish guy, Spanish guys usually react to it, or people who think, because he's Spanish, she'll do a good job, you know? Versus when I have a, a black guy and I'm doing advertising for him, a lot of people who react to that guy are black, you know what okay. I'm saying? So, 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 so there is a, a element of reality that happens. It's not just like pure assumption. There's a reality that happens that goes along with it when you have representation
1: in place. Mm. So I think the appearance or maybe seeing something on like uh, a, a package that shows someone that looks like you, it can do a couple of things. Okay. If it's a hair product, this is like a hair product catered towards people who are black. Mm -hmm. This is catered towards black women. Um, If it's something that has to do with like age, this is for elderly men with gray hair, depending on whatever. But to be in an organization and to say that we are going to hire more black people because, they're black just just because of them being black, it doesn't really make sense to me because if we're really trying to move units, we want to just figure out the strategy that people understand. Like Two black guys, even though you hire them, could have totally different experiences. For sure. right? So the idea that they all fall under the same experience or like an Indian person falls under the same experience or some other group just because you have to fill a diversity and inclusion quota... To me, that's where it falls short, because you have a lot of people in these organizations who do have uh, a certain type of thing. You can have an Indian guy, let's say Armin, right? He grew up around uh, a, a group of like black people. He can have that thinking. Hey, listen, I know that this just just by understanding this, having this thinking, and having working in these different fields, mm-hmm. that this could this could work, mm-hmm. right? So. That diversity is actually taking power away from everybody because it's making, let's say, white people think that they have no capability of thinking what's best for a particular group that is backed by research and actually understanding and interacting with that group of people that at first instance, they're going to think like a white person if they're trying to service this particular archetype. And then for black people, it's also a disservice because it tells them that all of you guys are the same, no matter where you grew up, where you went to school or where you actually came from, that all of you guys have the same experience. So we need to fill it up with the bodies of people like that, Mm. right? Because if we're going by bodies, we're going by specific image of we want more black people to make this place feel inclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. But this is a place of business. Right. We're thinking about how we could actually increase this whole thing to make more money. So when you have that type of thinking, that's why I'm just saying, what's the point of even doing that if we're actually trying to make money out of? It depends. It depends
0: on their goals. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, with business growth, let's say I'm Bevel and I'm moving to Atlanta <clears throat> and I want to target the people in Atlanta and, and have quality um, you know, employees in Atlanta. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we're trying to grow in this predominantly black geography and I'm, should I just be hiring willy-nilly and say, all right, wh- whoever comes in, comes in or um, or should I be like, all right, let me strategize in exactly what I'm hiring and have a diverse set of people so the marketing and the initiatives match that, you know. Um, that's kind of like where I think the, as an example of where I think, you know, diversity makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, companies are serving multiples of people. You know, products mm. serve a different different demographics. Mm. So that should be reflected in the marketing as well and in the hiring processes as well. So, you know, I think diversity and, and inclusion, you know, it can get hairy-fairy very quickly and and get to a point where it's like, this is no longer making that much difference in regards to, um, you know, actually add to business but it does add to business as well because there could be opportunities that are not seen from the um from hiring one predominant race because a lot of times unfortunately that's what happens you know in a lot of companies in the states when there's like a a strong difference in um in the 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 demographics
1: and and, um the bevel example Mm -hmm. like great, this is a product serving this particular demographic, right? Mm-hmm. The Bevel team had, it just didn't have black people too. Mm-hmm. It had white people, it had mm-hmm. brown people, it had a mixed bag of people. Even yeah. the CMO was uh, a brown lady, like she, the Tristan Hyder at the time. So my point is this, is that I think we're talking about the inauthenticity of different companies utilizing DEI as a way of just, hey, we have to do this and they don't really believe in it and it doesn't really make a difference, right? So that is what I'm trying to say is that yeah. it's becoming pointless when companies already within, even people within those groups, they're already working well together, right? They're already hired there because wow, like we appreciate your experience. Mm-hmm. We actually do love what you do. Why do we need now, we already have these people Not Why do we need to train them on Di oh, again,
0: got right? you, got you. There's a bit of a shakedown that's happening. It's, it's, a, sh- it's a bit of a shakedown, shakedown. Where, where like it's like you no, know, it doesn't matter what you have already. You're gonna get this di right? training,
1: and then they they get called racist, and they're actually like being told that you don't care about people of color. You don't want to hire, and I just think this whole <laughs> like you know diversity, uh, inclusion dichotomy of things of just like operating in that it's becoming even our group of people it's such a money grab. It's become such a big money grab where if you go and guilt these companies they're going to hire you and maybe that training isn't really needed. You know?
0: Got you. So here's the thing. It's a gray area because you don't know which companies do need it which companies don't. You know, there could be a company that really does need diversity and and equity training, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion training, pardon me. Um, Yeah, so you don't know which companies need it versus which companies don't. So you could just walk in and be, all right, well, here's what I do, so take it or not, you know, and if you don't, then it kind of makes a statement. But if you do take it, here's the results of it, and it could be positive because you don't know what you don't know. You know, it's a known unknown. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the, the thing with it, is that like it's a bit of a shakedown because you could not need it, or you could need it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you take it and you realize that, oh, 40% of my staff <clears throat> actually d- is showing a bias towards X, Y, and Z,
1: then your company kind of does need it. And then they need to have some adjustments made, you know? So let me ask you this. So there's this notion that black people can't get jobs in tech. Do you see that? Like, we need more black people in tech. Um, what do you think about that? Bro, there... So if we're having this discussion, I just got to add this in there because yeah. there's people who've built brands around hiring more black people in tech. Yeah. And I am And I sat back one day and I'm looking at it. I was like, man, if I'm a developer, if I'm so-and-so, how I'm very, very skilled at what I've done. I've worked at Twitter. Let's say I got a job at Twitter mm-hmm. and I've climbed up and whatever. Is, do they discriminated against talent that now this whole idea that because I've worked in tech with many organizations Mm -hmm. and it was not hard for me to get a job Mm -hmm. you know so like just to see this whole brand building of these trainings and this whole notion of pushing people towards and shaking them down where they're already hiring people they're already hiring people from all backgrounds that's where it just becomes like even brand building in terms of like personalities. I'm like, man, how much more is this going to be keep being pushed where it's actually OK? We don't need to do this anymore because these com- it's if you're good, you're good. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is kind of going back to what we discussed about the whole affirmative action thing. I don't even know how we got here, but this is what I'm observing is this whole brand building around. Yeah. Get more, you know, people of color and tech, people in color and tech. I was like, I was like, man, when has there been a challenge to get a job in tech?
0: Bro, there was a huge challenge to get a job in tech before because it was predominantly, you know, like it was a PWI, you know, it was a predominantly white institute where just most people were white and it was hard for, for black people to get jobs in tech. Now, it, we're starting to see more opportunity, but it, it, there's still barriers to get in jobs. Like, it's, it's like this. There's a need for the Afro tech. Or there isn't. You get what I'm saying? It's very simple. Either Afrotech makes sense, you know, or it doesn't. And to this day, it still makes sense. You still walk in Afrotech and like, wow, I've never seen this many black people ever. Why is that? You know, they're still um, walking into an office and being like, dang, I'm still the only black person here. That still happens. You know, why why do you think that is? Is, is it because it's easy to get a job in tech and no one's just applying? Or or there's certain things happening that's blocking people from getting that job.
1: Are you asking me this? Yes. Why so why are they not getting the jobs? Do, do you think people are just
0: unqualified and not getting the job, or do you think it's external things that's happening why I they're think, not getting that job? I think
1: I think this I think there's a whole brand there's a whole brand and whole messaging built around black people not being able to get jobs in tech, right? In reality, the way I live it and not what I see and hear online, and based on the people around me, I have a lot of family members who work in tech, mm-hmm. right? There's maybe two, three people, but then you have to see what's the population of people of black people too? right? So to say you walk in a room and you see out of ten people you're seeing at least four forty percent based on the population, at least forty percent of the staff is black it's very uh, rich to think like that because as it is, the population of black people is, is already small as it is, right? And then the population of black people in STEM is small as it is. So when you look at the numbers like that, the people who are black and are in STEM tend to do end up working in tech as it is, right? So me in working in tech at Vidyard, Clearco, Alita, uh, Google Teleperformance at the time, there was black people in the company too. And this, these are highly, these are, these are tech companies out of Waterloo, Clerical Michelle Romano and Dragon's Den. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, the reality that I live in and what I'm being told, I'm seeing that this whole idea of, you know, black people in tech and everything like that is more of like, it's becoming uh, a movement more so. Mm. More than an actual reality of what actually exists in the market, mm. <clears throat> right? So look at Morgan. Uh, they've built a brand and have capitalized on this idea that black people are not getting jobs in tech, right? And I think as the numbers move, more and more people from all walks of life are working in tech because tech is tech, is tech now. Like that's, that's what companies are, are essentially now. There's more tech firms emerging because of the technology, improving, and AI. Now, before, it used to be easy to build an app. Now, any, an app, when you say, I'm going to start a startup, where you're going to build an app, okay? There's millions of apps that exist. Like, What's going to make a dent? It's not like opening an e-commerce store. That's, the, and, and that's what an app is now.
0: So you're saying, there's, <coughs> are you saying that there's no, no, no
1: need for Afrotech? Essentially, there's no need for Afrotech, bro. Mm. There's no. Like, there's no need for Afrotech. Right, it and is a it, it, for for what it serves as a place for job seekers, right? I think the essence of uh, what do you mean? It's easy to get a job. It is easy to get a job, right? So, so, so what what I'm saying is that it's 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 uh it, you can take any conference and look at um a collision web summit, right? You can go there and network and get a job. Like we can go there with our experience and network and shake hands and we'll get opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Morgan and them have done is they've put a blanket over a conference and marketed it towards black people. And the pain point is that you can't get a job. But I was like, yo, I went to Afrotech. I came out of Afrotech. I applied to Vidyard, you know, Clearco. I got these gigs without the need of or help of an Afrotech to help me get it. You know, so is it a pill or is it a vitamin? This type of conference. That's my issue. It's the branding that has been sold to us to feel as if that us as we as good as we could be, there is still a challenge that you'll face in getting a job. That's the marketing towards me. But the reality I live in, I've never felt that friction towards getting there. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm feeling like. And they've built a business around it, right? A for profit business around it. So if this was actually about caring for Black people getting a job, why are you charging me to come here and do this? I get you got to make money, but it should be like a, like a not profit type of thing. The city of San Francisco, the city of, or uh, let's say Sand Hill, like these mm-hmm. venture Sequoia, all these venture capital firms are backing it to help people. But no, they've built a whole media company around Black struggle right for this particular of a of, uh, of brand afrotech. afrotech right you have like blavity everything black news cool i get behind that right but the pain point that you're not able to get a job without these type of uh things that you're putting out that's why i kind of disagree hot take totally disagree you I, disagree why I, do you disagree i
0: because i still just because it's warmer you are doesn't mean that uh, global warming doesn't exist You know, um, just like that. There is still a challenge for a lot of black people to get jobs in today's day and age. Um, And that's why so many are flocking to Afrotech to get jobs. That's why BPTN is sold out, because they want to get jobs. And a lot of times the jobs that they're getting aren't high-paying jobs as well. So the difference is, is a two. Not only are people getting jobs in tech, that's, that's a, a big thing. People are getting jobs in tech, that's for sure. But getting high-paying jobs in tech is a different ballgame. So there needs to be training and elements to teach people to get that high job and get the training to get in that role and be you know ready for it. So that's why I think there's still a major gap when it comes to um, you know, hiring black people in tech. So, yeah, I disagree, bro. I think in it comes to C-suite roles in tech there still isn't that much you know there's a finite amount of c-suite executives in tech you probably name like 10 to 15 but then if you want to run down white people or Asian people the list goes on for quite a bit so there's still a major gap that needs to be filled and um i think afrotech is on the roll they're getting a bit distracted right now from all of the parties they're throwing shout out to um you know our guy charles and Shireen. But um, that's the reality, you know? That's the reality. And if you look at the numbers of the black wealth in America, it would reflect that and not reflect the uh, overwhelming majority of, of, of people just being wealthy, you know? Otherwise, that would be the
1: case. Mm-hmm. So is it more of like a cultural thing within ourselves, or is it an external thing that exists that is holding us back from attaining these? positions or being in favorable positions to be in those places
0: i think it is probably a combination of both i think there is uh, cultural elements but i think it's predominantly um this is training you know um people that want to excel they'll find the ways to excel mm-hmm. and they're just looking for opportunity mm-hmm. it's just that simple you know right now i think it's very popular are as people job hopping you know because because i actually heard this phrase i was in, interesting um um corporate America favors the girlfriend more than the wife.
1: Yeah, I you saw know? that clip. I saw,
0: saw that, that, that on TikTok, too? yeah. Yeah. And yeah, probably on the same TikTok I'm not also but um yeah it's exactly that's exactly it. So people are job hopping, are learning to maneuver to get more money for themselves versus, you know, get, um staying in the job forever and not getting,
1: you know, properly but, compensated. But I think I I get that. That's generally, that exists within any role. Like if you are within a company for so long and you're doing well, you're the golden goose. You're producing a lot of great work, but you're not really compensated at the market rate. The idea of Afrotech, you mentioned one thing that I was really kind of thinking about. Does that make sense? So you're saying there's a need for Afrotech because there's not a lot of people in C-suite.
0: One in C-suite? Mm-hmm. For sure. And
1: in high-paying positions in tech. What defines a high-paying position? A high-paying po- high like, position? Like, for example, uh, I could be a developer. Okay. Why would I get paid less if I'm a developer? If I have the skills to be a developer and mm-hmm. I'm coming in a market rate for a Python developer, mm-hmm. that is a very high-paying role. Mm-hmm. Right, and I have experience being a Python developer. Why do I need to go to Afrotech because there's a discrepancy in me getting a market rate for a Python developer? Mm-hmm.
0: I can break down exactly why um one reason why that person might need to go to Afrotech is because of their name. you know um the data shows that somebody named with a stereotypically black name. Will get less opportunities versus somebody with a white-sounding name, you know, and that's an unfortunate reality when it comes to hiring. We talked about this before. We did. In affirmative action, and we confirmed it already.
1: So, and and, and on that point, right? I yeah. let you continue. So, would that mean that every person with a black-sounding name should? Those are the only people that should go to AfroTech.
0: Not necessarily, but that's one case for it. Okay, you know, um, they know that the there is some barriers, and there's people who stereotype in the hiring process. Mm-hmm. So to get around that, you go to a place where there's specifically no stereotyping in the hiring process.
1: So out of like, let's use a round number, 10 people, yeah. 10 black people, mm-hmm. how many of them have black sounding names?
0: I have no idea.
1: All right. But if you were to put a guess to it.
0: For the sake of the, of the example, let's, yeah. say, let's say eight.
1: Eight people. That's it. Okay, yeah. All right, so eighty percent. So, two, three of us are in here. Two, three of us will be eighty percent, like over eighty percent.
0: So two, two of us will yeah. not get a job. Out of no, three no. Of us. So,
1: so two of us will not. So Alex Whitfield. Okay. I'm blind to seeing what Alex Whitfield looks like. You're black, okay. but your name is very British. Yes. Isaac Bob. Yes. Isaac Bob, very British sounding name. Mm-hmm. Owen Osinde. Right? Irish. Owen Irish name. Irish white name. Osinde, you you can distinguish either that being a Nigerian or Kenyan name. Mm-hmm. If you are from it, Kenya.
0: But you have to be educated to know that. But you
1: yeah. look at that, you'll be like, Okay, that's uh a, a very African sounding name. No, right?
0: not at all. For for everyone's looking at it, it's saying Owen Osinde, they like it's like Owen sounds Irish or I don't have no idea.
1: But at yeah, the yeah. at the end of the day, you'll know that's like someone from like a not the typical Canadian American background. That's like a very ethnic name.
0: I don't know. Honestly, when I heard, heard your last name, bro, I was like, I have no idea where you're from. Okay. I don't know if you're a black, wh- black, white, African from Australia, you know? Mm-hmm. Osinde, <laughs> O-sin- it, it know. could be anything, but yeah, it, it, it sounds, does not sound
1: agnostic. It doesn't sound white, though. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. It could be anything. I could be Spanish. I could be whatever. Mm-hmm. But Two of you here are black, Mm -hmm. and you don't have the typical sounding black names, which Mm -hmm. is, let's say, Jamal or Tyrone or something like that within the ties of the world, right? Tyrell. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to say here. Even in our own space right here, look at even our boy Kyle. Okay. He's black, doesn't have a black sounding name. Okay. Uh, Which other people... What are you getting at? What I'm trying to get at is that you're saying that that these... That's just one example of a
0: barrier. Okay, you know so, what I'm
1: but the barrier of like, it's such a small That's not drop. True. That's not true.
0: That's not true. If you, if you think about going to America, there's a huge percentage of, of black people with black following names as an example to this point. But there's other aspects of it. This could be people just looking at you and then come to conclusions. That's reality too. You know, there's people who stereotype, unfortunately, in this day and age against black people, and it's an unfortunate reality,
1: you know? So in that, in that argument now, do we stereotype against other races? Yes. So does that mean are we trying to eliminate stereotypes altogether towards Black people? Yeah. Like, is is our struggle in stereotypes a lot higher than other groups?
0: I think they they can be negative. So there might be things. Oh, this is a very complex role. So a Black person not might not be as suited for it. In some people's some people's messed up minds. You know, I could be an example
1: of some people jumping to, jumping to conclusions. So, so within that line of thinking, yeah, would it be fair for other groups of people who have certain stereotypes amongst them to also set up their own type of conferences to also eliminate those stereotypes that... And those ha- exist. All right. So yeah. if, let's say, uh, a white conference happened, right? It's like, okay, this is like, it, it, let's say, whatever name you want to put it. But it's towards celebrating like a Caucasian type of uh, group of people from a particular background. Uh, is that okay for them to do?
0: Do they face barriers?
1: I don't know, but they they do face stereotypes. I
0: feel <laughs> like it is trolling for the argument. I'm not
1: trolling. I'm I'm just so, try- so I'm you trying. Think,
0: to... You think that there's um, a, a case for a Caucasian tech?
1: Sure. If if we're, if because what I'm saying is what what the barriers that we think exist for us yeah i think You think it's all in your head it's all in your head bro and that's
0: what's, and that's then that's bullshit it's not uh, all in your head
1: it is all in your head bro uh, all right
0: i think that that's where that's where um
1: because bro like where i i i can speak for myself we can we can go to any of our boys or our friends mm-hmm. who are very successful i can talk to i mentioned ta i mentioned my boy andrew my cousin fred Ernst & Young, uh, Microsoft, IBM, Uh right? What these guys went to school, Uh got their master's, Uh performed well in school, Uh were at UFT, prestigious school, and they they got these gigs. They were campus recruitment. Mm -hmm. What barriers are they facing, bro?
0: So, listen, that is one sect of guy. There's a whole other sect of, of people that have barriers when it comes to getting jobs. You know, what, what was their brought-up sea like? You know, did they grow up in two-parent households? Did they grow up in single-parent households? Or did they grow up in the hood? Did they have opportunities to um, properly you know, get educated? So what if they weren't educated? What if they didn't go to Ivy League schools or good schools? So did, are they facing barriers? There's people who didn't have that same, that same type of life that still want to get jobs and still progress forward and get into Airston Young. So the, those guys might have a harder time getting a job because they didn't go to the, the Ivy League school. They didn't go to Waterloo or, you know, York or whatever school. So there's still opportunities that need to be met and people who need to meet, meet those opportunities, but then they have the right training and the right life to meet them and prepare them properly. So a place like Afrotech where they can get training how to code, how to meet the right people, how to carry themselves could be the right avenue for them to go to in order to be properly prepared for
1: getting a job there. So getting a job is an external thing that exists, right? It's something that is in your control, but it's also out of your control because I hold the decision of bringing you in. One thing you mentioned is the training, the broad topsy where they are like stereotypes uh, and, and, and whatever. And um, yeah, essentially that. So is it more of an external thing that is against you? Because all those things sound internal within how you, uh, you, you vocalized it. Two-parent household, mm-hmm. right? Training, uh, schooling, right? All those things, all decisions that you kind of come up with and you have to govern yourself towards those things. So is it an external thing still or is it more of like, yo, the way you grew up, the way you are, and the way things are, your brought up, see, your training and everything. Those are all external things that exist within the way you are as a group of uh, as, a, as a group of people. So. My point is, is you brought up that I gave you an example Two of my friends, uh, my family members and friends, mm-hmm. Waterloo, they could have gone to they could have had a single family. Single single parent household, like Mm -hmm. one dad, maybe a mom or dad, Mm -hmm. but they still got to where they got to, Mm -hmm. right? Even regardless of their race Mm -hmm. or their background. Mm -hmm. So what you're trying to say is that 80%, the number you said of black people face those barriers, which is false to me. Because I just gave you statistics of people around us, that exceeded without those things holding them back.
0: I was saying 80% as in people who had the names, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily people who were so, so, so for example, like, here's the thing, you know, this is not my opinion. This is backed by data that we can look up, you know? So if you can look for yourself and say, hey, is there disparities in hiring practices based off black names? And then you can see the answer. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a matter of, like, my opinion and saying, hey, this is what's happening around me. Hey, I, I have cousins that have jobs in tech. I have friends that are, have jobs in tech, you know. I have people who own tech companies that are, that are friends of mine. That does not mean that there isn't a swath of people who are not getting prioritized in their hiring process. It's because people around us immediately um, aren't getting, and people in our bubble aren't getting hired doesn't mean that there is people... Sorry, let me say that again. Just because there's people in our bubble getting hired doesn't mean there's people outside of our bubble not getting hired.
1: And the fact that you say that, the fact that you're magnifying, that we're magnifying a problem that it's 50-50 negates the reason to even have it what do you mean Well, 50 50 because because the the you're saying there is people who are in tech who you do know that i know who are black and are thriving Mm -hmm. and there's a group of people who are not so 50 50 because let's say like it's 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 them it's either or right because i gave you examples of people who are are black they have black sounding names Mm -hmm. right they have nigerian sounding names and they are excelling with black names, right? So the fact that we can have that and still succeed and then we can have this group of people diminishes the whole idea that it's about race. That's what, what I'm think, trying to... What do you think it is? People, black people are just lazy? Is that what you think? I'm not saying black people are lazy. So, what do you, so what, what's the crux of your argument then? The crux of my argument is that we're creating these pillars and all these different uh, programs to enforce this thing that... Hey, you are. You need these things. You need that. But in reality, you don't really. There's no really. There's not a need to really enforce those ide- ideologies. When the reality is, like, if you go to school, if you work hard, you can get a job regardless. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm, got because
0: it. so there's I'm, no so there's no bound there's no barriers essentially. There's no barriers. Got you. There's got no you. barriers. Like you. You, even, I though, can, even though data says differently.
1: What's the data? Like the data. Even though the data they could be data for. Hiring Asian people. They could be data for hiring Indian people, Mm -hmm. right? But to create a whole conference around it as a big problem, that's where I think it's becoming more of a cash grab now than anything. It's easy to bring black people together and tell them, you are facing this and you are dealing with this. Therefore, you have this problem. Mm. When in reality... Even if you do have that problem, the problem does exist, but It's not as big as we're trying to make it seem that where we need to have these conferences, these groups and everything like that because it's just like it seems like we're deluding ourselves of thinking we can't win without, I'll say, an Afrotech because that's like the well-known thing. You know what I'm saying? You can go to Afrotech to connect with people of the diaspora, you can say that, right, but to paint the problem that you can't get a job and we that's why we put this thing together, I think is false, and the 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 the, the 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 magnitude of the problem isn't really fitting what they're trying to do with perpetuating this narrative that you're getting uh you're not getting opportunities because black sounding names that's been one of the main things that you're saying, and I think what you're trying to say is a stereotypical black names right which is becoming it's more of like a cultural thing that goes behind it right and to say that black people in general have a black sounding name say ikachuku that's a black sounding name right mm-hmm. so, african sounding name african sounding name mm-hmm. so it's more of the black american and mm-hmm. but how many of those dudes exist to present that big of a problem
0: what are you talking about that's the whole that's the whole no- notion of it that there's that many people that exist that are showcasing that there's
1: a problem. So you know, that's, that's the, so that's why we need to have an Afrotech. is because that's
0: just like one of the stereotypes that happen. So as I said earlier, you know, they're saying the data shows that there is stereotyping or comes to the hiring practices based off one example being names. So because of that, there's, you know, people that are not getting jobs, even though they're qualified because of their name.
1: Okay. That's why I'm saying, bro, would you be comfortable if certain groups, right, have that, hey, you know what? We're Indian people. That exists. Like, there's an there's a, there's so, so,
0: Indian tech, there's an Asian tech, there's all those things. So conferences exist.
1: Yeah. and So they can have that, but not, like let's say a white group has it, they'll be like, nah, that's not right.
0: I think the reason why they wouldn't have is because it would be like for what? You already have the predominant uh, population when it comes to tech, so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, where uh, does not compute or, or
1: jobs in general.
0: Probably, yeah. Huh. That's so, interesting. So I think that's where people are coming from. But the pendulum might swing. You know, they might be uh, uh, Caucasian tech that comes in, in 2030 or something like that. But only, only, the, only God will tell.
1: So to summarize, you think there's there needs to be an AfroTech because of these guys and girls with with black sounding names who struggle to get with jobs, mm-hmm. and even though the, the as
0: one of the issues, the, one of the barriers that uh, comes uh, so.
1: if for this argument's sake, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you got to mention at least another, let's say, two points mm-hmm. to really round out your argument that the the problem should be um, mag, should be magnified like this. What are the two other points apart from the black sounding mm-hmm. names? That we need to continue this perpetual problem that if you're black, you can't get a job in tech.
0: It's not that you can't; it's that there's barriers, you know. But, it's but like, bro, what what barriers
1: though? Like I just I just, talk,
0: I just mentioned okay, one, which so, is black sounding names as as a, as one. Um, you know, looking at judging a book by its cover is another one. You know, there's times where people will look at you and, and make assumptions based off where you live, for example. Like for, I brought the example in, in uh, our um, affirmative action episode where I mentioned that I was from Malvern and immediately was written off in the, in a job interview. You know what I'm saying? And that's that, and that was a reality. So I can only imagine if somebody's from Southside Chicago and they're trying to get a job in tech and they're like, where are you from? You're from where? Um, <laughs> Thank you for coming. You know, so there's there could be opportunities that we're not privy to because we're not deep in those systems to
1: see it and visualize it and because man. we're up here in Canada. And bro, that's what I'm saying. It's it's more of like an internal issue than an external thing. It's a cultural thing, right? It's not an external. You can't get a job. It's more about the things that are within our grasp of like, yo, what are you doing? in terms of like growing up to be in the position to get these jobs. Why are you finding out later on and why you're not finding out early? Mm -hmm. Right. That is the thing. So it's an, it's an internal thing that exists within culturally that it becomes a problem later when you're older, that you see these things like for the Malvin example, right. If you told them you I grew up in, in uh, Lawrence park, Right. So you're a black kid who grew up in Lawrence Park and I'm a hiring manager. I'm like, oh, a rich kid? Well, you, I'm certainly not giving you that opportunity. Right. So that rich kid or people who someone who grew up in that area can't get there even though they were in a favorable opportunity. You're like, yo, I went to school, I went to private school, I did whatever, and now I'm being denied opportunity now. Right? Mm-hmm. So the person who's sitting in the in the chair hiring, it's their way of it's it could go either way, bro. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, you think people are gonna hire more for people? You think they're gonna deny people from the hood versus in the good neighborhood? Do you think they're gonna?
1: It's gonna go either way, in an equal in an equal percentage. It de- bro, it depends. If you're the hood is very um, general, right? So you say, I'm, I, I, "Hey, look, I grew up in South Side of Chicago, right? That's where my family is. I went to University of um, Illinois. Mm-hmm. I graduated with a degree in computer science. I worked late night hours to put myself through school. I graduated." In five and a half years, but I still got my degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. I did all I can to take internships. I built site projects. All right,
0: so now you're, you're moving the goalpost. I'm not moving. The, That's exactly what we do. Because we were, we're we just mentioning of, of having the exact thing of, hey, we're from this neighborhood. But, Hold on, nope. But Doug, nope.
1: the south, no, south side no, of Chicago, bro. No,
0: no, no. I specifically mentioned in the interview where I mentioned where I was from. I got written off. So, so that was before, and that was before mentioning all of the schooling. So I'm saying, in the one instance of mentioning where you're from, and versus mentioning where you grew up, as in Lawrence Park, which is a rich neighborhood, versus Malvern, a poor area. Not in terms of uh, what school you went to and how you get good grades. I was, ta- I was talking about the one, the one factor of the neighborhood. That's it. Okay. So let me ask you this
1: then. What's up? Why am I in a job interview? if I don't have the qualifications yet.
0: I wasn't saying, right, I was saying the, the reaction of getting written off
1: based off of the neighborhood that they grew up in. So in that matter, we go through the whole interview. I'm like, oh, Alex, uh, where did you grow up? I was like, oh, I went to the south side of Chicago. I grew up in the south side of Chicago. Yeah. So you have seen, let's say I go back to the example I gave you. I did everything I could. I gave you all my, credentials Mm -hmm. then you hear south south of chicago so this interview person is just gonna write you off
0: that's that's that happens that happened to me
1: how many times has that happened to you once is enough once is enough to cause a whole problem
0: once is enough to if if it happens to me once in a job in the job experience Uh uh-huh that's more than enough times
1: okay just one time
0: one time is more than enough all right period
1: so so what does that mean now so now that it happened, what, what do you do moving forward now?
0: I used to progress forward. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But if it happens to me, that means it can happen to somebody else. Okay. So if it's happening to other people, that means that there could be a systemic problem when it comes to hiring and judgment when it comes to hiring people, especially people of color. That's that's the that's the thing. So hold up. So you can, the, the, the crux of the argument is saying that there's no barriers of entry when it mm-hmm. comes to jobs versus there is barrier of entry to, to, when it comes to jobs. Listen, when it comes to hiring, people have biases. It's just a reality of life. So if the predominant population is a specific race, then there's going to be biases that come with that. So having opportunities to negate those biases are helpful to the people that are being um, stereotyped in this example or in reality point blank period bro all
1: right so that's what's wrapping up. You gotta I, wrap up i just want to reiterate what you said just the fact that you grew up in malvin does the malvern, it, yeah. malvern immediately disqualification on one time that that's that's an issue that happened to you so it's not even a race thing now it's become a location thing Like where you grew up, like Uh, Southside Chicago.
0: No, it's going to be a bit of both because they're going to look at you and think a black person from, not going to think white person from. Okay, so if it's an
1: Indian guy in Malvern, what what about that? I'm not sure, bro.
0: Because it's not my experience. So okay, so so, so, so that experience, bro. Then if it's
1: just like you, one time. Well,
0: after that, you think I'm going to mention it again? (laughs) So, <laughs> like, so bro, uh, if, I'm not going to be like, yeah, well, since this, 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 last time I got, I got denied a job, let me bring it up again in the next job interview. No, I'm going to keep that shit, shit dog, in my back pocket. But dog, if you Stop said it. if
1: you said this five times and it became a place of using it to disqualify you... But who would
0: mention it five times? It happens once. You're going to learn, hey, that but, happened. But, I'm but, not
1: going to do it again. But, bro, when you look at data and you look at one cause and now you're basing everything now off that one cause, that means it's actually... Like, you know, when you look, like, I'm just confused, bro, because it happened one time and you're like, okay, that's the reason I didn't get it. That's because I grew up in Malvern. That's an internal thing that you're internalizing. Definitely to. not.
0: So, so Definitely bro, not. that's an assumption. Say, say,
1: say, so that's an assumption. So you're making an assumption to say. No, I'm
0: saying you're making an assumption of what I experienced. So, but You're bro, evaluating my, what, what I went through because you went there in the room to, to see her reaction to me saying where I'm from. Uh-huh. You're just judging off and saying, because I haven't been there. I assume that I would only uh, estimate me not getting a job based off of where I'm from. No, I saw her reaction and uh-huh. I saw the the wheels turning her head uh-huh. to say, yeah, this guy is not it versus looking at me and judging um, versus my experience from being a graduate in fashion, for example, in this job interview that I was in.
1: So this is like something that happened to you one time and now it should be a problem that is being used to say that all the alexes in the world and they say malvern no so bro so what do you what do you what are are we arguing here because one thing you're saying malvern i'm
0: saying i'm saying my i'm saying the data that i see i can relate to it because i have had a similar experience in my life one time what time is more than enough if you get if someone goes off to you says nigga, and punches you in the face, <laughs> one time is more than enough. That,
1: that is that is an extreme. But you are saying, yeah, I, I I grew up in Malvern, and that's because. So, bro, it's not even like you grew up in Malvern. If she didn't want to hire you because you are black, she didn't want to hire you.
0: Like I said, if you were there, you would exp- you would see the reaction on her face, mm-hmm. and and be able to understand what I am saying. Yeah. And because you're not there, your only assumption can be... It's almost incomprehensible to you to think that somebody can make that judgment of where I'm from and think that, yo, he's from the hood, I don't want him in my in my company. It's almost incomprehensible to you, am I right?
1: It's not incomprehensible because, one, if you told me this happened, if you're just saying, hey, yeah, like, this is my reality, I grew up in Malvern, and you gave me five out of five reactions, I would understand the way you're feeling right now.
0: But then, why, but then who would make that that stupid move of seeing one thing happen that denied them from getting money and replicate that multiple
1: times. But bro, that makes no sense. It, it, it becomes a confirmation bias thing. It's as if that to me, it sounds that, like, okay, I said Malvern. Malvern is seen as this place that is like, maybe like, a, I don't know where you describe it. That if I bring it up, it's like, I'm looking for ways to confirm her denying me because I said that.
0: No, all right, so, bro, like I said, this is a reality that I went through. Yeah. And like I said, it it sounds like it's incomprehensible to you to understand that I actually got denied a job because of where I'm from, you know? And I think that's where you need to think, hey, what if I telling the truth?
1: I'm not saying you're not telling the truth, bro. I think the bigger thing I'm trying to say here is that although that did happen, although that was an instant that happened Mm -hmm. to make it seem as if every person that you're going to have a conversation with, who's in hiring position, regardless if they might be out of Toronto, they might be in a, you're interviewing for remote position somewhere around the world. Mm -hmm. They don't know about a mom they just know Toronto. Of course. Right. That that's not going to happen. Right. So to carry this thing as like, uh, as a way to, to confirm mm -hmm. that, yo, this black people face racism all the time mm-hmm. is it to me just doesn't make sense Gosh. i'm not taking away from your experience that you felt that yeah. but just to blanket as if like every black person that says they're from malvern or where they grew up that the person who's hearing that immediately without a shadow of a doubt is gonna just assume this person is this way
0: yeah right. that no what you're, what you're saying is so flawed because That is looking at one specific instance. There's multiple variations of that that can happen. That is looking at one specific instance. There's multiple variations of that that can happen. You know what I'm saying? It could be someone judging based off hair. It could be someone someone judging off of um, what they're wearing that day. It could be judging off of their name, like I mentioned. It could be judging off of several different things. It's not just based off of their neighborhood. That was just one instance that I brought up because that was my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's multiple ways for the cookie to crumble, but the cookie still crumbles. Um And to front like, it doesn't happen. Don't get me wrong. You can still make a cookie with what you have, but that doesn't mean that the cookie doesn't crumble in this experience. So that's the reality of it, bro. The data backs that up. So like, that's right. just the reality um th- so to think that there isn't black people getting jobs in tech would be a fault it would be a farce you know what i'm saying there's black people getting jobs in tech every day but there's also being black people getting denied jobs in tech every day and when it comes to high paying hmm. jobs c-suite executive jobs there's still a big gap in the
1: market you know what i'm saying and on that is that although black people are not getting jobs And they are getting jobs. There are other groups still not getting jobs too. So it's not a black people thing. It it could be, bro, in that argument, bro. Because even though they're not getting those jobs because of those factors, the stereotypes, the way you look, the way you dress, that also exists within other communities and groups. It's just not a black thing, right? But what I'm driving at is that we've. Hold
0: on. So so just not a black. So it is a black thing.
1: Huh? So it is a black thing. I'm just saying it does exist. It does, it does exist. But to ex- exacerbate it as if it's like a major problem mm-hmm. and utilizing every confirmation bias to say that, that happened because so, so of... So why
0: would people go there? You think this is marketing? Is that what you're saying?
1: It, that's what it is. Gotcha. It's it's gotcha, it, gotcha. it's got It's become a cash cow. Got you. This whole thing so, about so diversity and, tra- and, and, and job hunting because you can't get a job in tech because you're black.
0: So you think black people are going to spend their money to travel to a city to try and get a job for something that don't they don't think exists.
1: I think black people will get marketed something that is for black people and just because it is for black people, the exclusivity of it of black people wanting to come together, they'll go to it. Right? Mm. Anything you do to market towards black people, they'll 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 get it. This whole thing about financial uh look at what EYL is doing. They're mm-hmm. taking financial education they've marketed towards black people. And I said this in a couple of pause before. It's not like you did not know about investing. It's not like you did not know about this and say, yo, we didn't know about these things Mm -hmm. as if it was gatekept. No, internally, culturally, you were not really bringing these things up in the household. Mm -hmm. So it's an internal thing. It's a group thing. Mm -hmm. And we're marketing as if that there's someone out there who's denying us these things, right? Before Afrotech existed, black people were still getting jobs in tech. What they noticed is that, whoa, there's this problem that exists and there's like a way we can create a brand around it mm. to bring black people together, but make it positive. Mm. And we can utilize history, we can utilize everything to really prove our, our point and we can make money out of it, right? And there's never been anything like that before other than like BET or B. T. and other state. enterprise. Black enterprise won, right? So you look at that, you're like, man, this is kind of an outdated thing. The new generation doesn't get it. Let's create something that resonates with the younger audience Mm -hmm. that's more fun, that's more edgy, and let's now create this thing. And what's the problem we're selling is that, yes, white people are taking over tech. But if we look at closer numbers, how many kids are taking these STEM classes? How many kids are doing those certain subjects, things. How many people are learning about entrepreneurship with tech, Mm -hmm. right? So it's an internal thing that comes from our families, our parents, the things we prioritize internal community thing. It's an internal community thing. Gosh. It's not an external thing that because you have a black-sounding name, that that is, like, one of the major factors that you're not getting a gig.
0: Even though data shows that. So then there should be events for, like, the community to come together for them to, like, network – and figure out how to train each other so we can get jobs in,
1: in tech. You can do that, right? Like, like kind of like AfroTech. But the thing about <laughs> the thing about AfroTech is this: is you're selling the idea that this is a problem that exists. If you tell me, yeah, all Black people together, like communally, yo, you the Jamaicans are getting together, the Ghanaians, the uh, Nigerians, the Kenyans, and we're all talking about networking opportunities. Cool, right? But it's not with the idea in mind that we can't get a job because of our, of our race. And the fact that we can't get a job... There's, be- the,
0: there's a difference between can't and barriers. And I think that's the, the big thing that like, we, we need to differentiate. Can't is saying that we can't because we're not qualified enough. And barriers is saying we are qualified, but there's barriers.
1: But how big are those barriers?
0: That's, that's what the data showing. There's barriers. And, and I'm the, not sure how big they are, but they are, they are there.
1: But the barriers you've mentioned are the name okay right which is stereotyping it's stereotyping yeah. so stereotyping and in general is stereotype yeah. we and used st- and you can stereotype other people All
0: right we're focusing on black but, people getting stereotyped
1: but yes but if stereotyping is a thing stereotype exists in multiple ways we do it for sure as when a we way get stereotype,
0: of stereotype other people get stereotype, it's stereotype exactly
1: sure. so if that's the argument like it should it should be because i'll see a chinese name i was like oh, i don't want that oh i see an indian name oh i don't want to An Indian person. That's
0: why there's there's Indians. That's why there's women in tech conferences. There's all there's people that have conferences for the barriers.
1: But the fact that barriers exist, bro, the fact that we're having these things, it's this idea that we'll remove all barriers. But even as much as you know are aware of the barriers, you're still gonna stereotype.
0: But then that means there should be people. There should be spaces for those barriers to be lowered. So that's exactly the. the But the thing is,
1: this is an internal thing. You can never measure stereotype radar. Like, just because I went to that thing, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be any more stereotyped. I'm still going to stereotype in many other ways.
0: But the whole point of it is to
1: have people that have lower barriers so they can get into that, into that job. And the barriers you were in, presented to me don't seem like big enough barriers. Based To you. It's not. To you. But, bro. But the data shows differently. But what's the data, though? Show just, me, I, what, like what's the data that we, shows we the names? about
0: it, I can bring it up, I'll bring it up in, in, in the, in the past so people can, can okay. uh, listen bring to it, it. bring it up. But the data was there, we brought it up last time, and I, and I presented it to you, and that was irrefutable from a reputable source.
1: Okay, you know? so, but the thing, <laughs> the, what the data says and what we actually know ourselves.
0: No, 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 what you know yourself from your bubble. Not from what the data shows from outside your bubble.
1: But, bro, I've been around so many... False. What do you mean false?
0: You've been in your bubble. You don't know... How many people from the hood do you know? So so this is the hood problem then? Not necessarily. It's not a black that's problem. Just
1: one, that's just one population. It's, bro, it sounds like it's a hood problem. It's, a, it's, a, it's an economical thing. It is an
0: economical thing.
1: It's The hood For thing, sure. right? It's not, so not like a hood
0: thing, but it's an economical thing. For example, there could be a lot of lower middle class people, but it's not, not necessarily hood. But not necessarily rich either, so it's like a, a multi-unit economical thing. So you know, road man, multi-level. It, unit. it
1: seems like it's a it's not a black person thing, then because it's a both thing, because it, it could be economics plus race. But I just showed you, even my bubble, that even though I exist as as you say, my bubble, and I'm black too, uh-huh. that not even that, that's the, my problem. I should still believe that's my problem. Well, the data
0: shows it. If the data didn't, then you could be like, well, here's the data, you know, and my experience. But if the people who have the data and experience are saying, hey, there's a kind of a problem here. And they're saying, well, in my bubble, that doesn't exist. Then clearly, bro.
1: So, is- and, and the thing is, the fact that I can say that, right, proves what I'm trying to say. Is that even though that data exists and there's multiple people who maybe they're not in my bubble, like they grew up in Toronto and still doing well, that you can still get ahead without facing these barriers every single day.
0: 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanna get your opinion on it. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the video.